0: Proverbs chapter 1 if you have your bible or bible app turn to Proverbs chapter 1 Proverbs chapter 1 verses 8 through 33 is today's text. We're going to finish the whole chapter. And as always, we're now in part 2, part 2 of our series Wisdom That Works. Are you guys with me? Now before we even dive into the text, I want to do a quick review from last week's text, which is verses 1 through 7 of this chapter chapter 1. And remember that the text of last week's text is an entire introduction to the book of Proverbs. And I gave you three points. You might remember the three points that I gave you. The first point of last week's text was the purpose. Everyone say that. And that's in verses 1 through 6. And this is Solomon's what we call Solomon's purpose statement. And he writes the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And then in verse 2 he says... For attaining wisdom. Say wisdom. In other words, the reader is instructed to use Proverbs for attaining wisdom, to discern, and also to identify wise instruction. And then Solomon goes on to say, In discipline, your Bibles might, be, might render it as instruction, which suggests moral and intellectual discipline. And then he says, For understanding words of insight, uh, which is speaking about discernment, the ability to make correct distinctions distinguishing right from wrong truth from its counterfeit then he says for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life doing what is right and just and fair so wisdom gives us the ability to live moral lives discern the right course of action and treat others according to what they deserve got it And then in verses 4 through 5, Solomon points out three different groups of people. You might remember this, the simple, say the simple, speaking of the, the naive, those who don't have life experience of someone who is older, they are easily influenced, they need wisdom, they need godly wisdom. And then he points out the young, say the young. They need to season their minds with godly wisdom so that they can get a grasp on the reality of life and make good, sound decisions. And then he points out the wise. Say the wise. that even Solomon's saying that even the wise need to get wiser need to mature, grow more, and learn more. And then in verse six, it counts the number of ways in which the wise person will increase in his or her learning and skill. And it says proverbs, parables, sayings, and riddles. The second point of last week's text was the priority. Say that. Come on, say priority. And that's in verse seven A, the first part of verse seven, where it says the fear of the Lord. And it means to respect, to revere, to reverence the Lord to reverence God. It's realizing that God is a lot bigger than us and that he does what he wants to do because he's who God. And it's acknowledging and respecting his power to create, his power to control, his power to discipline and his power to destroy. It's honoring, this is now honoring and obeying and acknowledging him for who he is. The priority, the foundation The central truth, the ultimate goal is what? The fear of the Lord. It's to fear Him. And here's where it all begins. And this is the only way to attain, this is the only way to acquire godly wisdom is to fear the Lord. And the third point was the problem. Say that. The problem, that's in the last part of verse 7, verse 7b. And the second part of this verse reveals the barrier or the problem to the knowledge and wisdom of God. It's a refusal. Listen now, you guys know this, right? It's a refusal to be taught. And Solomon says, but fools, say fools, despise wisdom and discipline. The word fool in the text means thick-skulled or thick-headed, stubborn, uh, unwilling to listen to instruction. One who is undiscerning, unteachable. Someone who refuses to take in knowledge. In other words, a know-it-all. A know-it-all. So that, this now brings us to today's text. The title of today's message is Listen Up. Everyone say that. In today's text, Solomon is, is preparing his readers, us, for the actual Proverbs. I want you to follow me here. The first nine chapters of this book are uh, preparatory. They, they, they're filled with great information. They, they prepare us for the actual Proverbs starting in chapter 10. The first nine chapters are to get our hearts in, in the right place. And you will notice that they include a lot of warnings, a lot of exhortations that are laid out for us so that we might have our hearts open to receive and understand the amazing wisdom, say wisdom, found in this amazing book. Would you agree? Two points from our text. If you're ready, say yes. Number one is advice regarding wicked companions. Solomon gives us, his readers, advice regarding wicked companions. Now let's look at verse 8. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's, what? Teaching. Say, my son. That phrase, my son, indicates that the instruction is specially suited to a young person. It's for the young ones. Because as this person's life is laid out in front of him, or we can say her, right, they're faced with major decisions that would set the course of their life from then on. So this is specifically speaking to those who are still under the supervision of their parents. If you got it, say got it. And Solomon's word to them is is listen up. You got to listen up. Listen up. Listen to and and be guided by your parents' instruction and your parents' teaching because this is good for you. Good for you. It's for your benefit. It's to help you. Listen now. It's to help you set the right course for your life. You guys with me? Now notice, notice that both father and mother are involved, say involved, in home instruction and teaching. They are primarily responsible to teach their children moral and spiritual instruction. Got it? In the text, the voice of the father and the voice of the mother is urging the son, is urging the daughter to listen to wisdom and obey what they hear. Don't just listen to it, but obey what they hear, warning them not to abandon their instruction and not to abandon their teaching. Now, a word to the parents. God has placed you, Dad. God has placed you, Mom, in your children's lives to love, to guide, to discipline, to protect, to correct, and to groom them to love, to serve, to worship, and obey God. Can I get an amen? Listen, the priority is not to raise them to be doctors or lawyers or great athletes or musicians or business owners, but rather to be God-fearing individuals who will live for God. And it begins by instructing them. It begins, parents, by teaching them the wisdom of God through the Word of God. And by the way, instructing and teaching them the wisdom of God and the Word of God is not going to happen by just bringing them to church. And you should bring them to church. That's a good thing. But you got to instruct them. you got to teach them. you got to sit them down. Are you guys with me? And teach them. Be deliberate and be intentional in teaching them God's Word so they can grasp the wisdom of God. Teaching them right from wrong. Teaching them prudence. Say prudence. That's the ability to make good choices. Teaching them understanding from God's perspective. Teaching them what's true, what's what's holy. Teaching them what's, what's right. Listen, don't rely on other people to teach them. Are you guys with me? And please don't forget this, parents. You're also teaching them by the way you live you get that? By the way you live. Even when you don't open your mouth, you're teaching your children. You're teaching them more so by the way that you live. So it's great that you're teaching them, but you must live out what you're teaching them. That they would see you live out the word and the wisdom of God. It's not just all talk, but they can see it in your walk. Can I get an amen? I also want to say this. There there are Christian parents who invest and who pour their time and their money and their energy to help their children excel in music, in sports, in social activities rather than investing in their children's lives to excel in knowing and obeying God and His Word. I see it a lot, and it breaks my heart. Listen, why why is it, friends, Christians? Why is it that we are so passionate about things that don't matter and so passive about the things that really do? Eternity matters, God matters, spirituality matters. Amen? And we are called as parents to teach and instruct our children. A word to the young ones. We just have maybe a few in here. Some of you, young ones, listen up. Some of you have led to believe that you have life dialed in. You know? That you don't need any instruction. I don't need any teaching. That you don't need any guidance. That you're smart and your parents are dumb. Huh? And you don't need to listen to them. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. And all the parents said... Amen. You don't have life dialed in. You don't. Listen to your God-fearing dad. Listen to your God-fearing mother. Receive with love and with respect what they impart into your lives, what they're pouring into your lives. And so receive it and retain the lessons that they teach you through God's words. And these lessons that they teach you, they're to help you, not to hurt or harm you. So don't be a fool. (laughs) Don't despise, as Solomon says, don't despise wisdom and discipline. Don't be a know it all. God has placed your parents in your life to instruct and teach you his ways, to impart wisdom into your life that will add grace, say grace, and beauty, say beauty to your days. Prove it, I will. Look at verse 9. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. You see, these metaphors, what they do, they describe the effect of wisdom in beautifying one's life. Follow me here. Just as someone will notice the fine jewelry a person puts on, so it is when you listen to to and follow your parents' instruction and teaching other people will notice the wise choices, wise behavior, and wise words in your life. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your your neck. Yeah? Now Notice Solomon then, what he does, he then gives the example of wicked slash bad companions. Look at verses 10 through 14. My son, if sinners entice you, do not what? Do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let us lie in wait for someone's blood. Let us waylay. That word waylay means ambush. Let us ambush some harmless soul. Verse 12, let us swallow them alive like the grave and whole, like those who go down to the pit. Verse 13, we will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Verse 14, throw in your lot with us and we will share a common purse. In other words, friends, join us. They're saying, hey, join us, okay, join with us, join our life of crime, and we'll all share equally in what we steal. Well, the father tells his son how to avoid yielding to temptation, verses 15 through 18. My son, Solomon says, do not, you guys getting this? Do not go what? Along with them, do not set foot on their paths. In other words, Solomon's saying, Son, stay away from them. Verse 16, for their feet, why? Here we go. For their feet rush into sin, they are swift to shed blood. Verse 17, how useless to spread a net in full view of all the birds. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They waylay or ambush only themselves. In other words, it's kind of like birds aren't all that smart. Really, they're not. Yet, they're they're smart enough to avoid a net spread out in front of them. Well, not so with the foolish. They will go along with peer pressure, even though it's obvious they're getting themselves into trouble because they're fools. They're fools. They're ambushing their own lives. And this is a warning, listen now, this is a warning aimed at the seductive comments of worldly thinking that promises excitement, wealth, fulfillment, if we just come along and do it. Even though it's done at the expense of others. Well, when you're harming others, guess what, friends? You're only harming yourself. And so what godly parents do, as Solomon did, is warn their children, this is now, warn their children through instruction and teaching of the danger of those worldly voices, those worldly companions that would draw them into into the ways of the world. So here's the lesson. You ready for the lesson? Are you ready for the lesson? Yeah? Don't walk with the wrong crowd. Don't do it. Don't do it. And honestly, this is not just a lesson for the young ones. It's a lesson for us too as well. Listen, the only safe course is to part from that kind of crowd, that kind of company at once, at once. Cut them loose, part from them. And listen, if you proceed to first walk in their ways, then you will soon be running with them. And if you're walking with the wrong crowd, listen, if you're walking with the wrong crowd, then you'll end up doing the wrong things. And this is why we need to be more wiser. This is why we need to be more careful in our choices of friends. Got it? Pick your friends, not to pieces, but pick them wisely. Are you with me? Psalm 1.1, some of you guys know this, love this. The psalmist, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Blessed is that one. 1 Corinthians 15.33, you guys know this, right? 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be misled. Paul writes, bad company corrupts what? Good character. You guys remember that saying? Show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. That's it. Show me your friends, and I'll tell you who you are. You are exactly like the company you hang out with. Yeah? Verse 19, such is the end of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the lives of those who get it. And what Solomon is saying here, friends, is that those who seek the life and the livelihood of others are actually forfeiting their own life and livelihood. They're rushing right into their own, in other words, destruction. Now, Warren Wiersbe said this, and I love this. You're free to take what you want from life, but eventually you will have to pay for it, and the price you pay is higher than the value you gain. So Solomon gives the young ones, I would even say us as well, not just for the young ones, but us as well, Advice regarding wicked companions. Number two, we spend most of our time here, is advice regarding wisdom's counsel. Say, counsel. And I'm going to give you three sub points underneath this second point. Okay? If you're ready, say yes. Now, first of all, notice, write it down the call. The call. You could even put the cry. It doesn't matter the call or the cry, but I'm putting the call here. And let's look at verses 20 through 21. Verses 20 to 21. If you're still with me, say amen. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. Verse 21. At the head of the noisy streets, she what? She what? She what? Cries out. In the gateways, Say gateways of the city, she makes her speech. So first of all, I want you to notice that wisdom is personified as a woman who's described as one who, who is what? Speaking. She's speaking, right? And as she's speaking, what she's doing, listen now, she's raising her voice. She's raising her voice. She's, she's crying out, and she's proclaiming wisdom to those in the public place. Those in the town center those in the middle of traffic, those in the busiest corner, a place where people congregate. Notice the text says the gateways of the city. The gateways of the city. So back in those days, that was the gateways in the city. Back in those days, that was a place where the elders sat and, the, and, and, and judicial matters were settled. It was considered the center of activity. So, so picture that. Picture that right now, okay? There's all kinds of stuff happening. People are, are coming and people are going. They're talking to each other. In today's terms, they're texting each other, right? They're texting each other. And in the midst of all that, of the noise, wisdom is calling out. Wisdom is crying out, trying to get their what? Attention. Attention. Hey, guys, hey, guys, stop what you're doing and and listen up. Listen up. Listen to my voice, wisdom says. Don't get so busy that you forget to listen to the voice that can make a difference in your life. You see, the question isn't is wisdom speaking because we know wisdom speaks, that wisdom is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we? Are we paying attention to wisdom's voice? Now, now, why, the question is this, why is wisdom calling or crying out to us? Why? I'll tell you why. Because there's another voice who calls out as well, and that's the voice of folly, foolishness. And the voice of folly says, come over here. Come over here. Seek immediate fulfillment in this thing, in that thing. Seek acceptance and identity, promise. Seek promise of material gain, excitement, and a sense of power. Come, come this way. Don't go wisdom's way. Folly says, come, come this way. Because folly offers you anything and everything that is apart from the will of God. And the voice of wisdom says, voice of wisdom says, don't do it. Don't, don't go that way. Don't walk in that path. Make it, listen, listen, make it easy on yourself. And wisdom says, go this way. Not that way. Go this way. Choose this way. Follow my voice. Turn away from public and public stupidity, public foolishness, and turn to wisdom. Some of you here, I don't know. I don't know where you're at, but perhaps wisdom's trying to get your attention. And, you know, you're just doing your thing, and you're busy doing this, and you're busy doing that, and, and you're busy, that you have no time to listen to wisdom's voice. And wisdom is trying to shake your world, trying to get your attention. Listen up. Some of you just need to stop and listen up. He's trying to get you to understand, don't go that way. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. Come back this way. You guys with me? The call say the call. Notice the next the next subpoint is the consequences. Say that the consequences. Write that down, and then listen to what wisdom says. Look at verse twenty-two. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery, and fools hate knowledge? Notice there are three different groups who are mentioned here. You have the simple ones, right? The naive, the, the, the simpleton who, who doesn't know and, and doesn't, doesn't even care, who believes anything but examines nothing. They lack discernment. They're easily influenced. They're, they're gullible. Then you have the mockers, or your Bibles might render as scoffers, The defiant, these are the defiant, the cynical person. They think they know everything. They're arrogant. They laugh at anything that's important. They have a sneer on their face. And then fools, you have the fools. You have the simple, the mockers, and the fools. And the fools, they are morally deficient. They are constantly rejecting that which is moral appropriateness. And what they say is, I don't need that stuff. I don't need moral appropriateness. I don't need that stuff. They're stubborn and unteachable. Now, remember what Solomon said back in chapter 7, verse B, but fools despise wisdom, fools despise wisdom and discipline. In other words, they have no interest whatsoever in eternal things. Their outlook is purely materialistic and humanistic. Now, notice that all these three groups mentioned here have something in common. Follow me. Here it is. How long will you love? How long will you delight? How long will you continue in that? How long will you let yourself live that way? This begs the question, why do they continue in that? Why do they continue in that way? I'll tell you why. Because they are satisfied. They are satisfied in their ways. They refuse to listen to the voice of wisdom because they are satisfied with the way they are going. And I want to tell you, if you know somebody who is satisfied in the way that they are going, if you know someone like this, you should pray. When you pray for them, you should pray that God would make them miserable. Huh? That they would no longer be satisfied and come to their senses and listen to the voice of wisdom. I know some of you don't want to pray that, but sometimes we need to pray that. That God would make them miserable, they would be dissatisfied with what they're doing, that they would come to their senses. Verses 23 to 24, if you're still with me, say amen. If you had responded to my rebuke, say rebuke. Rebuke rebuke is simply an expression of disapproval. Expression of disapproval. If you had responded to my rebuke, Solomon says, I would, Wisdom says, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. Verse 24, but since you rejected me when I called and no one gave heed, in other words, no one paid attention when I stretched out my hand. What a sad commentary. Yeah, what a sad commentary. Now look at the consequences. For doing that, let's look at the consequences for rejecting wisdom. Follow me, verses 25 to 27. Since you ignored, this is wisdom now, since you ignored all my advice, wisdom saying, and would not accept my rebuke, I in turn will what? Laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Now I know as we read this, this might seem kind of cruel and harsh that wisdom laughs at the fool's calamity, but she's not laughing because she's hard or because she's cold-hearted or because she's harsh, harsh or cruel, but because it's so foolish to reject wisdom and choose folly. In other words, again, here we go. The figure here of laughing reveals the foolishness of choosing the foolish way of life, being totally unprepared for disaster, that calamity and disaster are the consequences of rejecting wisdom. Got it? And you see, this is wisdom's way of saying, when you come to the end, when you come to the end and your life is falling apart, Wisdom is saying this. I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be there. You won't find me because it'll be too late. And this is wisdom's way of of mocking the foolish. Mocking the foolish. Let's continue to see the consequences. Verses 28 to 32. Then they will call to me, but I will what? Not answer. Not answer. They will look for me, but... Will not what? Find me. Why? Why? Here we go. Here we go. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to what? Say it. Fear the Lord. In other words, they did not choose to acknowledge God. They did not choose to respect God. They did not choose to honor God. They did not choose to obey God. Verse 30. Since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke. Verse 31. They will eat the fruit of their what? And be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. You know what this is pretty much saying? And we've heard this before, right? This is it. You made your bed, now you gotta sleep in it. That's a proverb, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we've heard this before, right? In other words, you created Say, Wisdom is saying, you created these circumstances that you're now in, so now you're forced to deal with it. You're forced to deal with it and live with the consequences. Wisdom is like, I mean, do you really think that you're, that you are going to create these circumstances and then not have to be subject to them, not have to be subject to the consequences? Wisdom is saying, come on, guys. I mean, this is what you saw it. Wisdom saying, This is what you saw, this is what you wanted. This is what you ran after. You sought your own way. So now you will have to eat the fruit of your way. This is so now you will listen, now have to what? Suffer the consequences. And he's reminding them I offered myself to you, I stretched out my hand to you, I called out to you, I shouted, cried out to you, but you ignored me. You rejected me. And now it's too late. It does you no good. Ready for the lesson? Here we go. What you sow is what you reap. Get that? What you sow is what you you reap. What you sow is what you reap. It takes us back to Galatians chapter six verse seven, right? We 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 know this, right? Galatians 6, verse 7, I do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he what? Sows. And this is what wisdom is saying in our text. To reject wisdom means painful consequences. Listen, when people get to the point of refusing and rejecting God's authority over their life, they turn into what the Bible calls reprobate. Reprobate. Corrupt. And it really means beyond feeling. Say beyond feeling. In other words, they're so corrupt that they're beyond the ability to turn from their wicked ways. Get that? And it's at that point, at that point, that God gives them up. God gives them up. God's a gentleman. Right? God's a gentleman. and God says, you don't want it? I'm going to give you up. I, I had enough. I give you up. I give you over to your sinful ways. In fact, Romans chapter 1, verse 24 plainly makes this clear. Romans 1, 24, therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires. There's a point of no return, friends. Are you with me? Wisdom calls, wisdom calls, wisdom calls, wisdom calls. You reject, reject, reject. The point where, guess what? It's over. God says, okay, that's what you want. Go for it. Jeremiah 6.19 says, Here, O earth, I am bringing disaster on this people, the fruit of their schemes, because they have not listened to my words and have rejected my law. Listen, don't don't, don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Don't don't get to the place where you're beyond the ability to turn from your ways. Because if you don't respond to wisdom's call, your ways will eventually lead you to destruction. And someday may be too late. it's, it's, it's It's a tragic thing, listen, friends, to reject the wisdom of God. Tragic. And if he's trying to get your attention today, please heed to his call. The call, say the call, the consequences, and the third subpoint is the consolation. Say that. The consolation. Look at verse 33. Before we even read verse 33, let's go back to the previous verse. Look, Look at verse 32. Because. This is the meaning of the word proverb, okay, because they show a comparison. It says, for for the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. here's, Here's the consolation, the comparison. But, say, but, whoever listens to me. Here's the consolation. But whoever listens to me will live in what? Safety and be at ease without. Fear of harm. That is an awesome verse. Yeah? I want to read it again. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But, I love that word, but there. This is the consolation. This is the comparison. Whoever listens to me, he says, will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So what this does is summarizes the entire argument about sinners destroying themselves. While those who listen to the voice of wisdom are saved from the dread of evil. In other words, this is the payoff, say payoff, of listening to wisdom's voice. You know what comes to mind as I was doing my study? and What comes to mind? Matthew chapter 7. Verses 24 to 27. Because I, I want to go back to verse 33. Whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. You guys might know this. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, say, practice is like a wise man. There it is. Who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. Isn't it funny that Proverbs talks about the wise and the foolish, and here we have the wise and the foolish? Who does not put them into practice like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Get that. The wise and the foolish. The fact that those who listen to his word, right, put it into practice. When we're hit with the storms of life, the foundation will not crack, nor will we fall. Here's the lesson. You ready for the lesson? The wise rest in the security of God. The wise rest in the security of God. Now, if you're safe, say amen. There's no reason to fear the eternal disaster awaiting those who ignore God and His wisdom. Because our security is in Him. And because our security is in Him, we experience and live our lives, listen now, with joy and peace, strength and confidence. Got it? With joy peace, strength, and confidence. Whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Amen? Let's all stand. Father, we thank you for your word today.